0: And we are back with the final episode of Nana's series. I'm so happy that you are here with me today. Before we get to the show, here is Previously on Hebrew Hits. So Nana, what were some lessons that you learned about yourself, about the war? Like the war happened and you're put into survival mode. What did you learn about yourself? Did you see that you're actually stronger than you ever thought you were? You're listening to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in to this show because that means that you want to succeed in life and you do not want to fail. Many of us go through such difficult challenges in life, and it's up to us not to fall victim to them. It's up to us to rise above it and to succeed. I sit down with people who have gone through real big struggles and show that they overcame them and are super successful today. It's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Hebrew Hits is presented by TMC. So Nana, what were some lessons that you learned about yourself, about the war? Like the war happened and you're put into survival mode. What did you learn about yourself? Did you see that you're actually stronger than you ever thought you were?
1: Not stronger, but I was just grateful to Hashem that I survived it the only thing you wanted is survival. Everything else will f- come back in, in place, but if one doesn't survive, you get nothing. You're gone. So the survival mode was very important for us. We forgot everything that we went in the trenches and we had to jump in it and get out off, but everything didn't matter. We survived.
0: So you're saying your takeaway was having Emuna and Hashem basically.
1: Yes, that is true. Emuna and Hashem was paramount. We always believed Hashem would take care of us. And uh, you know, worked towards that too. We just didn't sit idle and wait for the something to happen. No, we took spots that as soon as we the sirens stopped, we made plans to get out of Burma.
0: Until this day, you always say, believe in Hashem, believe in Hashem, believe in Hashem. Whenever I speak to you, you always tell me, Hashem, believe in Hashem, Davin to Hashem, Davin, Davin, Davin. And it's amazing that you went through such a tough thing and you could have said automatically, why did Hashem want to put me through such a tough thing? But instead, I asked you what your lessons and what things that you learned from the war, what are your takeaways? And you said, believe in Hashem, which is Such an amazing thing
1: that you learned Emuna from going through such a tough thing. How? You have to have Emuna. Without that, you wouldn't survive. You had to have faith that Hashem would help you. When you have faith in Hashem, some way or the other things work out and you are in a much happier mode. Your whole mode is different that you know you can survive. And there's always another day for survival to work and to continue life.
0: Wow. Talking about Amuna, was there ever a time, if you can tell me a story during the war that it was so challenging and you were ready to say, like, come on, Hashem, like, what's going on? But instead you had Amuna and you had faith that Hashem was going to get you out of it. Can you share a personal
1: story? By being in the trenches... It was not an easy problem because if the enemy wanted, they would zoom low and machine gun us because they were doing that to a lot of people. But Hashem was good. We were spared that. We never had to worry about that. But we always kept thinking like, oh, my God, what if they came? We would not have made it. We're just in a, in a trench which had no cover on top, nothing. And they could see us, but we were spared. By the grace of Hashem, we were spared. That's really sad. Yeah. And I'm so happy
0: that you're sharing your story with me because people are gonna hear it and people are gonna be inspired to have more amuna and just keep surviving. Like my entire show is all about, you know, not falling victim to your challenges and you didn't fall victim. What did you do? You got, You became closer to Hashem through all of this.
1: Yeah, it made my faith stronger because I knew that at times of trouble, we could always pray to Hashem and hope that somehow or the other, he would work for our survival. And we are thankful that In spite of everything that happened in the Second World War, we've made it to the end, and we are alive today.
0: Baruch Hashem, Nana.
1: Yes, Baruch Hashem.
0: And I'm so happy that you're here with your grandchildren, and Baruch Hashem, Bly and her great-grandchildren, and hopefully great-great-grandchildren.
1: God willing. Amen.
0: And Nana, is there any blessing that you'd want to give all of the listeners of this podcast episode?
1: Well, that I would hope that they would not be in a spot that had war, because war is not pretty. In either side, the side of the victor and the side of the loser. The victor's happy he made it, and the poor loser's the sufferer. So what? But, you know, somebody is hurt. And it's not the same thing. We should only pray that we have peace. If there's any problem, we should talk it out, not look that we should fight and get over with it. That is not the way to go. Smart people these days have to talk out and reason out what is indifferent, what is different between the parties and not look for the first thing to fight. Fighting should not be, because in the end of time, it is said that there will be peace. Nobody, the wars will all be over, and man will stay in peace, and that we should look for.
0: Yes, exactly, Nana, and um, definitely we have a lot to learn from you, because you are one person. Nana is somebody that doesn't fight. If somebody says something not nice to Nana or something, Nana just lets everything go. And I see she's a very happy, happy person. Nana's happy. Why is Nana happy? Because Nana doesn't fight. Nana doesn't get angry with people. It's an amazing quality you have.
1: Yes, after the times we suffered in this, with the Second World War and all the inequities that we had to put up with, fighting achieves nothing. Either you kill me or I kill you, and what we gain, nothing. How nice it is just to live in peace. And Baruch Hashem, in time, there will be peace with all people. It is that way. It can't be that man keeps on fighting and killing and killing and killing. No, it won't be. We have to make peace and live in peace.
0: Exactly, exactly, Nana. Thank you so much for your amazing, intelligent words. You're really an inspiration. So, Nana, when you arrived in L.A., right, from Burma, you went to your sister's house, and what did you do? Did you start working? Did you get a job?
1: Yes, I went to to what place? Like uh, Bank of America. I think, downtown for a job, and they gave me a job straight away. The same day I had the job, and I was happy like that. I could have some money coming in for survival. Yeah. And what
0: did you do with that money? Did you save that money up so that your parents and your brother, who which is Uncle Easy to me, um, to, could come in from Burma?
1: Yeah. I gave part of the family to... Auntie Daisy, for my for my food that I ate and for staying, I gave part of the money to Auntie Daisy because they gave me food and shelter, and some of the money I started to save so that I could build up an amount that could bring my parents and Uncle Lizzie from Burma. Yeah, and some of the money I tried to save so that I'd have an amount that could help me bring my parents and Uncle Easy from Burma.
0: You are such an amazing person, Nana. You're so selfless. I keep saying that. That one word I could say is just, you're so selfless. Again, you're bringing your parents. You're focusing on your family. Family is number one for you.
1: It has always been that way. Because without family, really, we are nothing. It's what family, and if you're a cohesive family, that's what makes life interesting Because you have your family with you. Whatever we do, we do as a family. And that's what makes us happy. Exactly.
0: So, Nana, tell me what happened next in your story. So, when did you find Zaidi? When did you get married?
1: Oh, when I came to America, I went downtown and I got a job. I straight away got a job. And... My brother-in-law, Auntie Daisy's husband, would always tell me, you wait, I'll get a man for you, someone you can marry and settle down. And I said, you know, I'm not in a hurry. I have to look after my parents right now, and I will be giving, needing to save money to bring them. So he said, don't worry about things like that, because Hashem will always provide. So anyway... As things would turn off, he had somebody who went with him to show and he brought that person over, and that person turned out to be my future husband.
0: Nana, yeah. before we talk about more about the the marriage, what was that bracha that your mother or your grandmother, I can't remember which one, gave you before you left Burma about you getting married? Remember that bracha?
1: Yeah. My mom said to me that I, by God's help, I should not go looking for a a mate, that by God's help, my mate would come right to my door. And that's how it was.
0: That's amazing. I love that story every single time you tell it to me. Because that's the bracha came true. You see, the blessing came true. Your mother was such a special lady. She would look out the window and she would daven. She didn't need the words. She just talked to Hashem, and that blessing that you that she gave you came true. It just shows what a, a special lady she was.
1: Yeah, she would always talk to God, and I would tell her, "I said, what are you doing? What are you? Who are you talking to?" she said, leave me alone. She says, "Go away." <laughs> She didn't want me to interrupt her thoughts, you know, Praying to Hashem Davening that should everything should be right when I get to America and that I should meet somebody nice and settle down.
0: So when Zaydi came to your door, was it love at first sight? I don't know what you say, but did you know he was the one? Did you go on dates? What was the, what was the dating process like back then?
1: tell you the truth, I don't even remember. Did we go on a date? I don't know. Maybe one date? I really don't remember. But then pretty soon we were engaged. Not We were engaged and then married very soon.
0: Yeah. Were your parents able to make it to your wedding?
1: No. They didn't come. None of them came. Auntie Daisy was there with Uncle Sass.
0: Your grandparents... Not your grandparents, sorry. Your parents were, I'm assuming, still in Burma at the time of your wedding? Yes. Well, you married a very good guy. So let's talk about Zaidi for for a little bit. Um, he was totally the opposite of you. He was from America. He was not from Burma. You are Svardi. He's Ashkenazi. So t- tell me about him. What was he like? Because he's not alive anymore. So tell me about him.
1: Well, he was a good person. That's number one. And he had in mind, when he wanted to do something, he would stick by it. And very often, he was right. He would always tell me, what you are thinking is not right, this way is better. And then when I think of it, I agree that his way was better. So then I would take his decision whenever we would talk about anything and any decision that I had to make, if what he said makes more sense than I would do what he suggested. So
0: when you met him, what was it about him that you liked and you said, okay, this is the one for me?
1: Oh, I didn't think about it like that. I just was looking for a person who was sincere, honest. That's the main thing. Jewish, of course, you know. And one who would ni- who is a nice person, basically. And I found that to be with him. So
0: you told me, I don't know if this is true, remind me that from the time you met him, within a month, you were married, not just engaged. You were actually married.
1: Yes, that is true. We, as Sephardim people, we don't believe in having an engagement and you're staying for six months like that. They're very careful with the girls. And the sooner the girl from engagement gets married, they're happier. Like this, is the, nothing can go wrong with them and with the girls in the meantime.
0: So, Nana, how long after you arrived in Los Angeles did you meet Zaidi? Was it a few years? Was it a year? Was it a few months?
1: How long? I don't think it was a year. I think maybe a, a couple of weeks, maybe. Oh,
0: my gosh, Nana. They say you change your mukom shana mukom shana mazal. I think that's what, what the what the saying is, which is change your place, change your mazal. Yeah. You moved literally from Burma to Los Angeles, right. and right away you found someone.
1: Right. I didn't find Hashem provided it. Yeah.
0: So how do you think Hashem is going to provide the Shadokim for all of the Jewish girls and boys who are in need of a Shadokim today?
1: Well, I hope to God it will be as mine went, because mine was a happy and a good marriage. The guy, Zeda, was very good, you know, honest. That's the first thing I looked for, was honesty. He was simple, not demanding, but always kind of insisting when he was right to do something. <laughs> yeah, and that's how, when I knew he was right, I didn't argue. I let it go.
0: So can you give us any tips to find people? Like, I'm in Shiduchim? I'm looking to get married. Can you give me some tips? How, should I, how How should I find somebody for myself?
1: Now that's a very nice question. I wasn't looking for anybody. But before I left Burma, my mother told me, I hope to God, that as good as you were to us, that you won't go looking for anybody, that your missile will come for you right to the door. And basically, that is what my husband did, because he would come to the house to go with uh, sass, to go to shul, and that's how I saw him. In the beginning, and then it grew more uh, closer, I would say.
0: So are you giving me that same bracha?
1: Yes, that should be for all girls, and for you particularly, to have like a wonderful feeling that you meet somebody f- from Hashem, and you do nothing, and in a month you can meet somebody and get married to a good, decent boy. Amen,
0: Nana, that is so special. Thank you so much. As you say, Yomaliki.
1: Yomaliki, yes. Amen. Amen.
0: What does Yomaliki mean?
1: Yomaliki, the day for you. Let it be for you. Yom is the day. Liki is for you. Mm. The day that you should be in the same way that somebody would come and take you as you are.
0: Wow, I love that. Nana, your story is so inspiring, and the story continues. Um, So you got married. You had children. What was life like growing up and what was life like bringing up kids in Los Angeles when you knew what it was like to grow up in Burma during the war?
1: Burma in the war was a tough call. (laughs) Yeah, we had to be, you know, it was if we survived, we were lucky if we made it, you know. But we had faith in Hashem that something would help us and we would be able to survive whatever goes, you know, and be able when you came to America. And that's how things worked out that way. We had faith in God and left like whatever was to be will be.
0: So I'm asking what, how... What was it like bringing up kids in America and like a free country? Like, did you feel like, wow, they're so special that they don't have to go through war?
1: Yeah, but, you know, going through war to a tough time sets you a lesson that you have to prepare that you never know from what time and from whom. Anytime people can start a fight for nothing, you know. But we tried as much as possible to stay away from fighting. To see as much as possible, we can get at at peace with anybody and not fight.
0: Nana, that is so beautiful. And this is why I see you really don't fight. You really, really don't fight with people. Now, Nana, tell me what it was like. You're welcome. Tell me what it was like to bring up
1: kids in a free country. Well, it was very good. But in Burma, we had no trouble. Burma loved the Jews. Everyone in, in Burma, the Burmese people always liked the Jews. We had no problem because we were good. We, we never did anything that was wrong that would uh, insult the local people. In fact, the local people were always very nice. We as Jews had no problem living in Burma. They never said, oh, you're a Jew and we don't like you. No, they liked the Jew very much. In fact, when I went to work in a place, the person there said, you have someone else who is hardworking like you, I'd like to hire somebody. That was not from the office, an outsider who came to talk to the boss. But in America, bringing up the kids was another, uh, how to say, challenge. Because bringing up kids in America, people always thought, you know, America is, is so rich. America is so this. is always had a tag. Like, you didn't have to worry. Like, pennies falling from heaven. They thought like that, really. You know, you do nothing and the money comes in. No, but we managed when we came here. It was tough in the beginning. But once we started to get a job, a little money came in and we managed in the beginning.
0: So Nana, you brought up your kids and now Baruch Hashem, your kids are married. Your kids all have children that makes you a grandmother. Your grandkids all have, not all, but a lot of your grandkids are married and have children that makes you Baruch Hashem, and her a great grandmother. Tell me, how is life like now?
1: Life now is good, Baruch Hashem. I go to visit them they come to visit me and i see that living is great to have faith emuna in hashem it's the best thing that anybody can do when you have faith hashem helps you towards that you would help anybody when you want you have something with faith the hand of god pushes that more for you so that you can achieve what you wanted to do. I love that. Now, Nana, you know I cannot
0: leave this podcast without asking you this question. So, let's 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 be real here. Who is your favorite grandchild?
1: Well, I think all the kids are favorite, really. I love all of them.
0: Really? There's not one in particular like, uh-huh, Malia? No. <laughs>
1: No, if I do that, then I'd cause a division with anyone in the family. I would say I love all the children, all of them. May they all have the best life, marry well, bring them up in Yiddishkeit and in Torah. Amen. Amen. That, Amen. You know, And everybody would be happy. More than that, to be with Torah and everything, you can't get. Nana, if you think about your life, is there anything that
0: you wish you could change about your life?
1: I was happy with the way I was. I was young and I didn't even know what was going on so much. Only till later, as I was growing up, I knew how uh, how to say like how to say how horrible times were for my parents to take care of us. Because at that time, there was my father was not working anymore, and we were subsisting on the money that he had saved and were eating into it. But thank God we grew up and we started to work and to fill in with a little bit of money that made things easy.
0: So would you say that there's nothing you would like to change about your life or there is something that you would like to
1: change? No, I think it was good a good life because sometimes when you are with some kind of trouble, you appreciate your life more because you look at the way the trouble is and you say, oh, you mustn't, how to say, make much of little things. It's better to end every argument in peace and not to worry, not to make, like, only ready to fight. It's better to you know, to come to terms and
0: be happy. Nice. And Nana, before we go, my last question to you is, is there anything that you still wish to achieve in your life?
1: Oh, that I don't know. I want all the kids, grandkids, all the family to be happy, to be with Torah. That's the main thing in life. Because if we Jewish people. Don't keep to the Torah. That's not good because we are the only people who have to believe in it and the grandkids and great-grandkids have to put Torah for themselves in front so that we never forget of the times that Hashem saved us because of the Torah.
0: Wow, Nana, that's really nice. And it's amazing. Again, you're so, you have so much Amuna, so much belief in Hashem. I just learned so much from you. I'm so honored and privileged to have you as my grandmother because you've taught me so much. And you're saying that you feel like at this point you've achieved everything that you would like. Like, you don't like, there's nothing that you still want to do. Like, do you want to go skydiving? I'm just joking.
1: (laughs) No, I'd like to go, but you know, my feet are most comfortable when it's on the ground. I love that, Nana. I love that,
0: and Nana has been teaching me Hindi, so we're going to leave off as hum tamku pyar karta.
1: Would you like to translate what we just said? You told me that you'd like love me, and I said, I love you very much.
0: Aw, thank you so much, Nana, for being here to share your story. I'm so happy that I finally got to have you on my podcast. It's a real honor, and I'm going to treasure this podcast. This is my favorite one for sure. Thank you. And I know that you've always supported me in my podcast radio business. If it was my college radio station, starting out Hebrew Hits, or had Hit Connect, which was my networking event, or went on to Newsmax, whatever it was, you always cheered me on, even from California when you weren't face-to-face with me, but you used to watch on the internet. So thank you so much for always being such a good support for me.
1: It's always been my pleasure because I knew you you were a good, hardworking, achieving person. Really, you always worked hard and did everything for your satisfaction.
0: Thank you so much, Nana. Again, that was the 55th episode of Hebrew Hits with my grandmother, Nana. I'm so happy that I was able to finally share Nana's story on my podcast, Nana is smiling so much right now. And I'm excited because this is something that I can share with my children and my grandchildren down the line this
2: episode. And I'm really excited to share it. Thank you. Mom, thank you. And Malia, thank you. The biggest thank you ever. This is the greatest opportunity that we could ever have. And I'm so happy that Malia grabbed the opportunity. And it was so special to be able to sit with my mom and Malia and Yaakov and be able to discuss anything that I remember that my mom told us about. So I really appreciate it, and it was a fabulous experience. And just to put it down in the podcast, Nana's from the family of the Saeeds. My grandfather was Isaac Joseph, and he's from the Said family. My grandmother was from the Kabaza family. And when you look at the uh, family tree, you see that a lot of the people married each other from the Saeed and Kabaza family. Both families were from Iraq. So as you can tell, I brought my
0: mother onto this podcast as well. So Ma, tell me Nana's full name. Like what are her parents' names? Like full names. You know, like Nana's Hebrew name, Nana's parents'
2: Hebrew names. So my mom's Hebrew name is Malka, and we just recently asked her who she's named for, and she said she thinks for an aunt, which I never knew that. But her English name is Violet, and she said that her mother named her Violet, and her sister's Daisy, and named her named them because she liked the flowers. She liked the the names of flowers, so she named them. Um, Auntie Hildegard was named for my grandmother's mother, Habiba. So I guess she gave her the name Hilda. And Auntie Hildegard didn't like Hilda, so she changed it to Hildegard. But her real name was Hilda. And then my mother's three brothers are Yecheskel, Ezra, and Eliyahu. And my grandmother named them after the Nevi'im. So my grandmother's name was Farha. Farha, Farha, really? She was the youngest of eight. Um there was a huge age difference between her older sister and and her. And my grandfather's name is Yitzhak. And I don't really know <laughs> honestly about I know he had a few brothers and at least one sister, Dina, but I don't I don't really know much about it. Thank you, mommy. I appreciate you being on the show as
0: well, and I appreciate you giving us that very important information. Now Yaakov come onto the stage. What is your final thing that you would like to say to end off this beautiful, beautiful series?
2: Hi. I appreciate Malia, the work they put in, and Nana for sitting down for all those hours to uh, tell over the story. It's a very important part in our family's history, and I think now that we have it down and recording, uh, we'll be thankful for it for a long time, You know, especially Merit Hashem. Our kids will be able to listen to this You know, we're not all going to remember everything that Nana told us when we were kids. So having this as a recording, I think, is amazing.
0: I agree with you, Yaakov. Thank you so much for being on the show as well. If you guys did not hear the episode where my mom and Yaakov came onto the show, make sure to go check it out. It's episode 2, episode 3 of Nana's series.
1: Molly, don't forget about me. You guys remember Amari from episode 4. So... I love Nana's series. Go check it out. Bye!
0: What a pleasure, what a true, true honor to interview Nana on my show, Hebrew Hits. We have done a mini-series of Nana's life. So many of you have been so inspired and have sent me personal messages that I can forward to Nana. I'm just so happy that we did this together. And stay tuned, because... I am going to be putting out an episode where I am reading Nana, all of your responses. Nana is going to be responding to those responses as well in an episode and sharing a little bit more from her home in LA. I'm here in New York. Thank you so much for being here. Go message me on LinkedIn at Malia Feivelson. Anything that you want to say, I would love to hear from you. Ask me any questions about this episode, any questions that you'd like me to answer. You can also follow this podcast on Hebrew underscore hits on Instagram and on Facebook and go check out our website at Hebrew And please share this with a friend because when you share it, it spreads. Have a great day.